0: Yeah, they calling me controversial I don't know why, I'm just telling the truth hey, Yeah They're
1: indoctrinating kids with lies It's just evil in disguise They say that it's love, but they lie They say that they're girls, but they're guys Or they say they have no gender From guy sports to girls, with their winners From now on, I identify as a ninja turtle Where's Master Splinter? Um, they calling me controversial They calling me controversial They calling me controversial. They calling me controversial.
0: Jesus was controversial. Paul was controversial. Elijah was controversial. Yeah, telling the truth is controversial.
2: Welcome to the Matt Buff Show. It's great to have you with us. Check out thebuffshow.com for past interviews and more with our sponsors. It's great to have you with us. And uh, if you're in the car and you plug in the phone, you can get your Spotify app or your Amazon app. You can binge The Buff Show right there in your car. Check us out on Spotify, check us out on Amazon, iTunes, wherever you like your podcasts, that's where we are. Also, send us a voice memo, you know, a little voice memo app on your phone. Hit record, say your take, and send it in. You could be played on the show. Very cool stuff. Boy, it's just great to have you, and this has been all kinds of craziness absolutely everywhere, but we saw some good news this weekend. There is a timestamp there of the March for Life which drew thousands of participants. And then the White House says, we're going to codify Roe v. Wade. Now you won't because the Supreme Court overturned it and sent it back to the states. And thousands of uh, jubilant pro-life activists joined the first March for Life since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. They pledged to take their fight against abortion to federal and state legislatures. Time to stop the baby killing. Follow the science, people. Protesters at the 50th annual rally in March, which is held around the January 20. It was first held around the January 22nd, 1973 anniversary of the Roe decision that legalized abortion nationwide. That was 1973. Can you believe that? We've been putting up with this since 1973. And so this was the big anniversary of that. And this was a walk to Congress instead of the Supreme Court. For the first time, they walked to Congress to show support for federal laws restricting abortion. The March for Life said, "Tech, check out this time lapse that's playing here of the first March for Life in a hashtag post-Roe America. All right. Hashtag post-Roe America. And this is... uh, the white house wants to codify roe v wade we want baby killing up to the time of birth that's what we want look at those thousands of people marching there just a beautiful thing no violence not burning down cities march to the capitol to say look lawmakers enough is enough with this baby killing so there you go the march for life congratulations to them and that big turnout We just last week had 40 Days for Life. We had all kinds of talk about this last week, that a sonogram will show you that's a baby in the womb. It's not your body, all right? Practice a little self-control or be more responsible. That's one thing you never hear from hardly anyone. Be more responsible in your sexual activity. Absolutely. But of course, abortion was put in place to target the black community by Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. They want to eradicate the black race and the black race is still under scrutiny today. Oh, yeah. Did you hear me say that? No, yeah, they're getting 80 percent of the commercials and more movie roles and things like that. But the black community just wants more and more. No, I'm talking about the oppression of the black conservative, right? HOW ABOUT A BLACK CONSERVATIVE GETTING THROWN OUT A RESTAURANT? WHAT IS THIS, 1950? SITUATION REMINDS ME OF
1: SOMETHING THAT MLK SAID IN 1963, A VERY SIMPLE TRUTH. HE SAID INJUSTICE ANYWHERE IS A THREAT TO JUSTICE EVERYWHERE. AND mm-hmm. WHAT I EXPERIENCED YESTERDAY, ME AND SOME OF MY NEIGHBORS WHO I'M JUST GETTING TO KNOW, WAS AN INJUSTICE. IT WAS A GRAVE INJUSTICE. YESTERDAY, AS WE WERE HAVING um, BREAKFAST AT THIS PARTICULAR LOCATION, WHICH I HAD NEVER BEEN TO, IT WAS THE SUGGESTION TO THEM to visit this particular place. One of the owners came over to the table and told us she had been listening to our conversation. We were not welcome there. And I said to her, I said, did I say something that was triggering to you? She said, no. She said, our, po- our politics aren't aligned. I'm one of the owners, I'm an owner here. I don't feel comfortable, you have to leave. So then I stood up, I walked out, and so did the rest of my group. Now, here's what we were talking about that was so problematic for this lady who happens to mm. be white, I believe. I was talking to them as they were getting to know me for the first time about Fox News. They said, how do you like you know, working over at Fox News? I was talking to them about uh, my values. They said, are you a conservative? I said, yes. In fact, I have a book called Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans that Liberalism Failed. You should get the book. I talked to them about my brother. I was on Capitol Hill just the other week talking to members of Congress about violent crime in America and trying to get justice for my brother and other victims of violent crime. I also talked about progressive DAs and how they're exacerbating the crime issue across the country. This was so problematic to this lady that she told me that I needed to get out of her establishment. If this was not the Jim Crow South, I couldn't tell much of a difference. That's
2: right. She said, get out, you black guy. Get out of my restaurant. Can you imagine a white Trump supporter kicking a black liberal out? Oh my goodness. They would hang him by his neck in this public square. But no, no, no. There's a different standard. It's not about race in all occasions. They want to put race on the front burner because they need the votes of blacks to make them. They they need the votes of blacks and minorities to make them feel. Like we're the government, we're the only ones can help you. But now it's not about race, it's about what you believe. If you're a black conservative, if you're a Latino conservative, if you're an Asian conservative, you're going to be vilified even more because you're not marching in line. You're not in line like the sheep. If you don't want to get in line, we're going to kick you out of the restaurant. How about that? You're not allowed to talk about that stuff. We need cashless bail. We need criminals out on the street terrorizing the public. That's what we need. We need a good society like that. That's what the left says. We need that society. Don't be talking about uh, getting criminals out on lesser charges. No, we, we need those out there. Those guys wreaking havoc makes the, you reliant on the government. That's what we need. We need mass abortions in the, in the country, even though most abortions are committed by black women. Oh, can we say women? Oh no, we can't say women anymore. What's your pronouns? What what do you mean natural woman Aretha Franklin? <laughs> they just want to toxify everything. Everything. And why did I mention Aretha Franklin? Let me get this story pulled up here. It's quite remarkable. Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin is deemed offensive. By the trans community, the people that need the most mental help in our country, the trans community, the people that are the sickest. They say, Aretha Franklin's you make me feel like a natural woman is very offensive. That's what the trans activists said. It's very offensive. Here's another assault on women. This was a 1967 single released by American soul singer Aretha Franklin on the Atlantic label. The words were written by Jerry Goffin from an idea by Atlantic producer Jerry Wexler, and the music was composed by Carol King, which this is an award-winning song. So, Standing for Women founder Kelly J. Keene said, It's really hard to ignore the misogyny of the trans right movement, as Aretha Franklin's song, Natural Woman, was recently slammed as offensive to trans women good job kelly j Keene. there being mom being a mom that is also being attacked we're now called birthing persons or pregnant persons miss keen told sky news australia she said i don't think many women really know how much we're hated i hate to say it first it's, we talked about the black conservative now it's the woman I don't have a victim mentality, she said, but it's really hard to ignore the misogyny of this particular movement. It means a man who says he's frightened to go into a man's toilet, his words are more credible than a woman who says she doesn't want that man in her space. These people are off the hook. They're crazy. They're shutting down a very popular ride at Disney World. this is what cancel culture does they take something popular turn it into crap and it becomes woke and that means they go broke that's ridiculous splash mountain which you've heard of splash mountain it closes today after 31 years to begin renovations for their black princess tiana's bayou adventure and did you know that splash mountain was based on song of the south But Song of the South was a 1946 Disney movie It took place in a post-Civil War Reconstruction era and was a great and popular film. Did you know that James Baskett, the actor who played Uncle Remus in the film, won an Oscar in 1948? Yeah, the Academy Awards. Can you imagine that today? He won that award just months before his death, and Zippity-Doo-Dah, Zippity-Doo-Dah, Zippity-Day, the famous song from the film, also won an Academy Award for Best Original Song. We used to respect talent and beauty in film. Now it's about how many minorities can we slam into it, and how woke can it be, and how crappy can the writing be? Song of the South counts... Among its ensemble, Hattie McDaniel and Gone with the Wind star and first black entertainer to win an Academy Award. She told in 1947, she did an interview. She told the American publication, The Criterion, if I had for one moment considered any part of the picture degrading or harmful to my people, I would have not ha- have appeared in their end. Her co-star, James ba- Basket who played uncle Remus echoed her support of the film saying, I believe that the certain groups are doing my race more harm in cert in seeking to create dissension that can ever be possible coming out of song of the South. This movie's totally banned and the black actors who won Academy awards in the film back then said, it's a tragedy that some groups are trying to destroy this film when it's a celebration of American culture. Unbelievable. And here they are canceling away, cancel, 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 kicking a Black Fox News host out of a restaurant, kicking Aretha Franklin's song, Natural Woman, out of their minds. Get all of it. We just need one thought, liberal thought, just Marxist simple ideology. That's what we want in this country if you're the left no offensive nothing can be offensive except the things that they talk about which are extremely offensive to anyone of the christian faith they want a world for full of sexual deviancy and everybody committing crimes and getting off the hook and then taking away the gun rights of americans that's the society they want where the government is in total control of your mind your body and your money We'll be right back on the Mapbox show.
3: Cost of living is skyrocketing, and paychecks just can't keep up. But if you're lucky enough to be a public employee, you can give yourself a raise. Visit optouttoday.com and stop paying union dues. We've helped over 100,000 public employees just like you opt out and save an average of $1,000 per year. Opt out today and put more food, fuel, and fun back into your life. It's your money. You earned it. Visit optouttoday.com.
0: www.sat123.com. Chris, there's some awesome specials happening right now. Right, absolutely, Matt. We've got the uh, the big one we're pushing here today is the MRSAT phone, the iSat phone 2, and the Bivy, and a Tesla, uh, Tesla-style Tesla lighter, all for free uh, with activation um, at $159.99 a month. And that's a $1,000 saving right there, Matt. Uh, those phones are not easy to come by, but we've got the free iSat phone 2. Uh, which is going to give you uh connection, make, the ability to make a call or receive a call from anywhere to anywhere on earth, from the middle of downtown Denver to the middle of the ocean, to the middle of Saudi Arabia, wherever you're heading. Uh, the ISAT phone two is going to keep you connected. Uh, then alongside that, we have the Bivy stick, which connects to your iPhone or your Android phone. And you can send unlimited texts through your phone using the Bivy, uh, which means that you're always connected and, uh, that's also unlimited texting from, the, from that device. And then a free Tesla-style lighter, which also can act as a taser, uh, apparently. So <laughs> all kinds of good things thrown in there. But uh, look, the reason it's important to have a sat phone, Matt, and sat phone communications is that they work when cell phones don't. When the towels go down or the power goes out, uh, you're going to be out of luck. Uh, But with this bundle, with the ISAT phone too, the bivy and the lighter, you are going to be connected no matter where you are anywhere on earth. That is fantastic. Everybody check out sat123.com. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? You call Low Cost Airlines. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available.
2: Welcome back to the Map Buff show. It's great to have you with us. Last week, uh, we had uh, Leah Hoops Gregory Strimtum on the Bat Buff Show with their book Parallel Election. They were presenting a case to the Supreme Court on Friday um, about the election integrity issues that were going on in Pennsylvania. They've actually teamed up with Carrie Lake as well. And then we find out a lot of fake stuff coming out about the uh, Justice Department under Bill Barr saying that they investigated and found no fraud. Turns out they didn't investigate it. They just said it. They just swept it under the rug. That's what they did, and Bill Barr all but admitted it. He goes on Bill Maher's show, right? He, and so Bill Maher and Bill Barr, but Bill Barr is the one without the sense of humor. But they're both fools, <laughs> and they have a very foolish conversation. And our buddy Jim Joe Hoft almost called you Jim Hoft.
4: Yeah, it's happened before.
2: Yeah, well, you're twins, and but Joe's a good friend of the show. I go on his show sometimes, he comes on our show, and we always have something to talk about because this world is just absolutely nuts, and we posted a link in the description for you guys to check out from the Gateway Pundit. Joe wrote it and published it this morning. Crazy. Bill Barr joins Bill Maher to trash President Trump and revive his reputation with the left. Great to have you, Joe.
4: Yeah, thanks. Great being here,
2: Matt. Yeah, it's it's really good to have you, as always, because there's so much to talk about. Later this week, we're going to give uh, updates to the court cases that we're following in the Arizona Supreme Court. And then, of course, with the Supreme Court of the United States, taking a look at the election fraud uh, case on the docket for them. We need four justices, Joe, four justices to look at that. And we should find out pretty much today or tomorrow what's going on with that.
4: Wow, that's great
2: and then uh your article uh, let's talk about this because uh we saw this happen over the weekend Look,
5: Here, I, I, you came out against what trump tried to pull off which was stealing an election so you know you're kind of to me a liz cheney republican like i i said all along even though i wasn't very supportive of you being very supportive of donald trump which you were at the end of the day i said there are certain republicans who have a safe word like <laughs> they let him get away with ap- absolutely anything. And it turned out that safe word was democracy. And people like... I mean, when he tried to literally steal the election, I mean, you, he asked you first. You were the head of the Justice Department. Look into it. See if there's any truth to the fact that... And, of course, this was one of the most honest, well-run elections ever. And you told him, I think you said, it's bullshit. And you resigned. So... You're on that Liz Cheney page where, you know what I call as as good as it gets, Republicans.
2: Yeah, so there you go. A bunch of nonsense mm. right there. And Bill Barr is mm. sitting there taking it. He smiled when he called him a Liz Cheney Republican. But it turns out, Joe, Bill Barr never looked at the evidence, looked at the front.
4: Yeah, we could go on and on.
2: So yeah, Barr and Mar, what
4: a what a, what an interview! I saw it this morning. Kind of gets gets my blood uh, boiling, because uh, Bill Barr had you know Bill Mar, he can say whatever he wants. He's on the the news, and he can say whatever he wants because he's a lefty. I guess if you're on the right and you say no, this election was stolen, Bill, and I've got uh, two books to prove it, and working on a third, um, then then I guess I'm some sort of conspiracy, ther- uh, you know, theorist or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we could go on and on, Matt, and and I have written I'll just put in a plug for my two books and you've helped me with this in the past. But but I wrote a book about the steel and it was about 2020 election and it was called The Steel One. And that's the second book I wrote was The Steel Numbered, Volume Two, which is The Impossible Curse. And um, what I what I just point out is that this election never that this is what what really hit me as I'm writing that second book. The election never should have been certified ever. And I don't say this just from being a journalist or whatever, writing for the Gateway Pundit. I mean, I have 20 some years in, uh, in the corporate world, mostly in audit. I've done two, 300 audits around the world, all types of audits, financial fraud, operational IT. And I've also, um, performed, um, you know, oversaw a billion dollar block of business as well as multi million dollar blocks of business in the financial reporting aspect. So I know a little bit about what I'm talking about here. I've presented to audit committees around the world as well. And when I looked at this election, it's very clear just a number. I'll just mention a couple of things before we jump on this, Matt. Is that one, ballots were inserted into the process. So we don't know where they came from. There's no chain of custody on them. And we saw that again in 2022. We don't know where they came from. Also, ballots were inserted into the election, millions, and I'm just not talking ten or twenty, millions of ballots. And I've got evidence in my books to support this. Millions of ballots were inserted into the election that the signatures were not checked, so we don't know who they came from as well. And and in Kerry Lake's case in 2022, they show a comparison of some of these signatures that they said matched, and there's it's like looking at a straight line versus a signature. They don't match. And, and evidence after evidence after evidence, we don't know where these ballots came from. They're allowing ballots to get into the process. Again, millions of ballots. Wisconsin didn't check signatures. Maricopa County didn't check signatures in the 2020 election. So there's a couple really big ticket items that should have uh, raised, uh, raised alarm bells. The other thing is these machines that were used. Don't comply with the federal regulations and state regulations in regards to them. And but more materially, they never should have been put in practice because they do not comply with just common sense system um, security and and system uh, functionality that should be put in place in any system anywhere. There's so many gaping holes in these in these uh, election systems they never should have been put in process and we used them again in 2022 so that leads people to believe hey what about this uh, you know 150,000 uh, ballot drop that occurred in Wisconsin or in Kerry Lake's case 25,000 came after the election 2 3 days later that can't be explained where are these ballots coming from what's going on so clearly the election never should have been certified in 2020 and again in 2022 so when bill barr sits there and says he just he allows bill maher to say this is the most uh, secure election ever what a clown show it was a clown show and if i'm the if i'm the attorney general or attorney general two times i would have sat there and said no no bill I see you need to you need to look at this data there's obvious evidence that this election never should have been certified those million people that showed up on January 6th had every right in the world to protest this election it was their God-given right that's also in our Constitution and they had every right to be there and to say this thing was stolen because it was and um so anyways Bill Barr sits there and takes that from Bill Maher and which is grotesque but the other thing the big lie that we found out later and even more recently again, was that Bill Barr, the attorney general, he comes in under Trump. He's going to shut down the Mueller exam, which he did. But we find out later, well, him and Mueller are good friends. They've been to each other's family's weddings. They've had a long relationship going back to the 1990s, maybe even 80s. And uh, there's a picture of him that I put in this article this morning. Two of these guys together from from 30, 40 years ago. They've known each other. And so they weren't, it's not like they were just uh, uh, acquaintances. These guys had a relationship. And uh, Barr came in and shut down Mueller's exam, I expect, because uh, it was time, because they just didn't have anything and they needed a way to get out of it. And so uh, Bill Barr asked Mueller for this report. He corrects Bill Maher on the storyline there. But um, that's when we really thought, oh, this Bill Barr guy, he's going to get to the bottom of it. And then what he did is he instituted this Durham ex- investigation to look into it and nothing's happened. As a matter of fact, it looks like more it's a cover up and it's protecting all the players until the bell rings, which means there's a, according to the law, there may be a, sta- a statute of limitations on how long you can uh, go. You can prosecute somebody for some of these crimes What the crimes are of sedition and treason. It was an attempted coup of the president's uh, president Trump's administration multiple times with culminating in the 2020 election. Again, all these players should be put, you know, put, I believe, in front of the, uh, you know, in in front of an investigation, in front of a jury, in front of a trial, and eventually punished accordingly. And Bill Barr just, uh, you know, pussyfoots around that. But the thing that was most alarming, and I'm sorry, Matt, I'm just rambling here, but the most alarming piece there is that Bill Barr told President Trump that he looked into this stuff after the election in December of 2020, and he found nothing wrong. He and Trump got into a big argument, and Trump was pissed. Some people were saying it's, it's, it's as angry as they ever saw Trump. And he had every right to be, because what we found out now is that Bill Barr has did no investigations into any of these swing states. There's absolutely no evidence, per FOIA requests, that say, hey, give us evidence Uh, from the DOJ of any investigation in Georgia or Arizona or Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, there's nothing. They've come back with nothing. And in Pennsylvania, they haven't even come back on the request, which is against the law as well. So Bill Barr never looked at anything. And recently, another individual did a FOIA request on this. Same thing. There is no evidence that Bill Barr looked into anything after the election. He lied to our president He lied to the American people and he sits there with Bill Barr or Bill Maher and says it lets him say, yeah, no, I looked into it and there was nothing there. That was an that was an absolute lie. And he tries to be good guy with Bill, Bill Maher, who 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 wants who wants to or needs to be a good guy with Bill Maher. This guy's been lying for years on his show about reality. And it's just it's just it's it's a non-reality show is what it was. And it, it was it was shocking to watch. Really, it was a deep I called it deep state versus, uh, you know, ding dong. Originally, <laughs> it's like these two guys, you know, got Bill Barr from the deep state and uh, ding dong, Bill, Bill Maher, who's pro- not not a dummy, but it's certainly a propagandist for the left, probably two deep stairs to be to probably be more accurate.
2: Well, the you put it out in the article, too, the reason they never prosecuted Trump, because he didn't do anything wrong. He had every right to be about uh, free speech, and free speech is a big deal when it comes to saying, I just wanted to take a look at the election. I believe it was stolen. Let's take a peek at it. And your own attorney general says, I did, and then he didn't. And then we showed the picture of the uh, Mueller at the uh, Bill Barr wedding there. The letting him off the hook the way they did, and it was just remarkable. And people like Bill Maher want Trump prosecuted for saying the election is stolen. I mean, Biden's still talking about this today. Um, he calls them the insurrectionists that are still around today. If they think the election wasn't on the up and up, they should be mm. prosecuted.
6: Yeah, I heard Carrie Lake the other
4: night say, you know, seventy percent of Republicans believe that election was stolen. And so uh, that's a pretty significant number of uh, the U.S. population. I think around uh, the entire population is more than 50 percent, maybe 60 uh, people believe that uh, that election was stolen. And more and more, I think, so. as much as these clowns, uh, Bill Maher, and Bill Barr want to push uh, their their nonsense. When you talk to a professional like myself who really looked into this and was and written extensively about it, this election never should have been certified. It, it was a travesty of justice. And quite frankly, the, the main thing, and I saw... The creator of Dilbert, Scott Adams, say this in a tweet about a month after the election. But he says, don't kid yourself. As soon as they locked the doors and prevented us from seeing what was going on in all these facilities around the country, especially in these swing states like in Philadelphia, where they manufactured a million ballots after the election. As soon as they did that, the election was over. We need full transparency, and that was against the law what they did. They forcefully prevented people from seeing what was going on, whether it be Detroit, Philadelphia, some of these major cities. It was a travesty what happened, and he, he was right. Dilbert's right. We never, we never should have certified these elections, ever.
2: The worst thing is, is we just crossed the two years of Joe Biden, two years of this clown running America. (laughs) And uh, Katie Hobbs gets in there. And the first thing she does after an openly stolen election, I mean, I mean, that was in view. People were like, what the heck? 19 inch ballots on 20 inch paper. And the first thing she does is hold this weird press conference about the the stay of executions in Arizona, they're gonna decriminalize criminal activity. And the first thing they do is get rid of the death penalty saying, we're gonna put a stay on that. And it was just a train wreck. She has somebody off to the left of her on the camera who's really controlling what she says. And she keeps looking over there for what to say. She's the biggest dolt. Her and Joe Biden, two basement candidates that have no cognitive skills whatsoever. Are destroying yeah. Arizona and the country. So we're paying for this. But if anybody says, Oh my god, if you think they didn't win legitimately, you're a kook. You're yeah. A conspiracy theory. But look at what these people are doing. They can't even run a press conference. You take Joe Biden's teleprompter away, he's completely useless. Completely uh, useless.
4: Right. He's gonna get in a lot of trouble. And how about John Fetterman in Pennsylvania? We're supposed to believe that guy that can't even can't even cognitively think today uh is somehow uh somehow won that election that was a travesty and 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 they laugh at us and whoever's behind this must sit back and just ha 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 we are destroying this country because people have no belief that these people won these elections have no belief that these people can do the job they wouldn't be allowed fetterman i'm sorry he, he you know any major corporation in the u.s if they had somebody like that on their board they'd be getting rid of them they might give them a severance pay they might say hey Thanks for working with us for twenty years. In this case, Fetterman hasn't worked since he was up to his age fifty or whatever. And but uh, they've never allowed somebody like that on their border to right? it'd be it'd be it'd be uh, you know it's just not even thinkable. The guy can't even think, and he and he's where it walks a hoodie. He looks like a thug, you know. And so it's just a travesty what's happening to this country uh, by uh, through elections that clearly uh, aren't aren't being that, that aren't and free. And it really is. Jim and I talked about this the other day, Matt, um, and we talk about it all the time, but this is the number one issue for America. If we can't get our elections straight, I'm sorry. We're, we're not going to have nothing else matters because you're going to have clowns like Joe Biden or Katie Hobbs or John Fetterman or any of these other assorted clowns and corrupt individuals, just nasty, corrupt individuals continue in these roles. And uh, we're not going to be able to, you know, fix this country as these people sit back and destroy it. And, and so we have to fix this stuff. It's got to be done. We should, we got to get rid of, you know, ultimately got to get rid of these machines, got to get back to uh, same day voting on paper in, in, uh, in precincts that are small enough to manage it. And with, um, with the, uh, you know, adequate voter rolls and uh, go from there. But what's happening now is a, it's a travesty of justice. We should not. And Bill Maher, is committing really some real damage to this country when he says that was a, that was a, you know, an
2: adequate free and fair election. It's, it's, it was the most secure. He said it was the most secure election. It's a lie. And and people listen to that. People listen to that and go, Oh, well, must be, must be the case. Bill Barr didn't disagree with it. We've got good friends of the show that are lobbying the Supreme court right now. They always say standing. Like when Carrie Lake's case, I'll give you the last word here, but Kerry Lake's case, the problem is the judicial system. The good thing is the endless appeal system in this country. We can keep appealing this thing. Yeah. There are people fighting for this, but when they don't allow the bulk of the right evidence to be presented as far as standing or they limit the, the uh, prosecution so much to where you have the toughest uphill climb to prove it. You got the justice department in collusion with big tech in collusion with the government saying, Hey, we like the way this is going because we're winning. And if we're winning, I get paid more. So we're going to make standing damn near impossible. Last word to you.
4: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Our courts, our
2: justice department, our
4: media, our big tech, our Democrat party, they're all in collusion with each other And, and to get a free and fair election in, in, uh, and a, and a, then a free and fair court uh, um, hearing in a city like Washington, it, it ain't going to happen today. We've got to fix all this. It's a major crisis we're in right now. This is a it, we can't hide it. This is a this is right now what you'd call a communist takeover. We it, with they steal the elections and then destroy everything else, and that's what's going on right now.
2: That's, that's what it is. We got an uphill climb and we got a lot to do because before you know it, the 2024 campaigns are going to begin. People are going to get excited again. They're going to steal it again. I mean, (laughs) they did it in 2022 again. And uh, eventually people have to stand up and say, that's enough. I'm holding up the book, the steal from Joe Hoff. You got to check it out. You said volume three is coming soon. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Real soon. Hopefully.
2: Well, good, because just off the Arizona case, the broad daylight steal, that's at least worth four chapters.
6: <laughs> but You're, you're right. right.
2: What's what's next on the Gateway Pundit for you? That article that we had to talk about today, I really appreciate that. What's next for you on there?
4: Well, we'll be talking a lot about Biden and his, uh, his crimes. Um, what we're finding is that him having these top secret classified documents that this basically China endorsed... Uh, uh you pin Biden Center was was criminal just to have those documents outside of a outside of the place where they're normally stored in my understanding is they're normally stored behind an armed guard in a safe the only way you can look at them is in the room in this where the safe is located uh they're highly highly classified highly secure only certain people can look at them and these are the types of documents that Biden found or that were found at the Biden Center where China's crawling all over the place not good those are those are felonies and uh and we don't that's not even counting if they went to china or not and why would we not think that they didn't
2: well look at how biden travels to uh um, ukraine the last week of his presidency there or vice presidency and everybody keeps saying the no, biden and trump documents a president can declassify stuff a vice president yeah. cannot. i mean that's yeah. it and what what the we need to see the documents and I said this yeah. on TikTok we need to see the documents I bet it's a bunch of the Hunter stuff and the Biden crime family stuff yeah. and they they try to hide it in the garage because it's the old theory if uh, if you you hide in 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 wide open. Uh, well, is that what they right? it,
4: yeah, is that what they stole from uh, Trump at his, at his house? are these the same you know copies of the same documents? We don't know. And the other thing Matt, is that the presidential Records Act says that the president can take whatever he wants out of that White House when he leaves. Bill Clinton proved it and went in front of the court, and a corrupt judge stood up for the law and said, no, if you're president, you can take whatever you want. President Trump Trump took whatever he wanted. It doesn't matter if it's classified or not. And uh, that whole discussion with Trump and classified—it doesn't matter. He was president; he right. makes the call. Nobody else makes that call, and nobody can overturn it. And so he took these documents with him. There was no problem with him having them, and he had, he committed no crimes. Joe Biden, as vice president, didn't have those same same rights, and he broke the law. He committed felonies when those when those very very top secret documents. We're left in the open anywhere. It's 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 outrageous when you talk to some of these CIA guys. What really happened here? It's uh, people's lives might have been at stake uh, from the in, within these documents.
2: Yeah, that's right. And they're using the Bill Clinton defense. There's nothing there. There. I mean, it's just a weak, weak defense. And uh, you know, the definition of special counsel is spend a lot of money and find nothing.
5: Amen.
4: Amen. And it's uh, it's is it just another cover up as well? Americans getting tired of people committing crimes, serious crimes, not being held accountable. Like a coup of President Trump with the Russia collusion for years. That's the thing Barr doesn't mention. He sits there and allowed Bill Maher to talk about that. It's like no, that was a coup d'état. It should people should have gone to prison or worse uh, for sedition and treason, and nothing happened. And uh, it's it, this is serious stuff that the, this Department of Justice is allowing to get you know people to get away with.
2: It is. It's serious. It's and, and it's just a banana. It's beyond a banana republic. This is no longer America. Right now, it's no, no longer America. Free speech, out the window. Yeah. Um, pronouns and all this stuff. And if you don't, mm-hmm. I mean, over 2020, you don't wear a mask. We're going to lock you up and take yeah. you out of the gas station. I mean, for a couple of years now, this is not the country we we.
4: Yeah. It's a strategic uh, destruction of, the, of America that we know. America is a great country. And this is you know it's horrible stuff.
2: We got a lot of work to do to get this back, but it does. Like in the beginning, it starts with these elections. If you don't clean up these yeah. elections, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. Over and, and then- over, yeah. And we got truth on our side
4: too, but uh, nothing matters if if we can't uh, get a free and fair election because you can have all the truth and all the votes, but if they can uh, count them, then then you're you, you know then we've seen the result. You get crazy, senile old man, uh, corrupt as, as can be, criminal, maybe mafia family. Running the White House and it's it's really dangerous to the world, let alone the U.S.
2: It is Joe Hoff. Keep up the great work. Thanks a lot, man. We'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks. Great seeing you. Um, our interview is usually in on a down note, but it's true. We're just telling you the truth, and uh, it's just sad to see. And I mean, you, the Bill Barr—you see him sitting right there, just taking it. You're a Liz Cheney Republican. Trump tried to steal the election. He's just sitting there, taking it, You're just nodding. That means he agrees. We'll be back on the Map Off Show. You stay with us.
4: Imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call
7: right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time
6: can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Yes, I see what's going on out there. Rising crime rates, 2,300 children go missing daily in the United States alone, criminals out no cash bail and theft at an all-time high. The police, they do a great job, but they can't be everywhere at once. I don't live in fear, but I will not be an easy target either. And I believe that every second matters. I protect myself, my loved ones, and my property with Red Defender products. They carry the best brands of self-defense products like Blackhawk, Elite Edge, Taser, and many others. I feel better knowing I'm protected when I go off jogging or out with the girls. It's better to have a stun gun and not use it than to need a stun gun and not have it. My kids have pull pin alarms on their backpacks. And we have home protection, chargers, and flashlights from Red Defender products. No great issues here. Do we go around living in fear? Absolutely not. Because we have taken steps to protect ourselves. We live with confidence. At RedDefendersProducts.com, you can see best sellers, free shipping options, and they serve all 50 states, as well as American Samoa, Washington, D.C., Guam, Marshall Islands, Northern Marina Islands, Puerto Rico, and U.S. Virgin Islands. You don't have to live in fear, but you don't have to be an easy target either.
7: more options at your fingertips with JJC Marketing Solutions. Not only do you get the best state-of-the-art website, but also comprehensive sales funnels, CRM tools, and powerful search engine optimization. No matter where you are, they can help you grow your business with affordable online marketing solutions. Get weekly reports, dashboard access, and full transparency to see how your keywords are growing. Start building your online presence today. JJCMarketingSolutions.com. That's JJCMarketingSolutions.com.
2: Welcome back to the Matt Buff show. It's great to have you with us. Uh, Joe Biden over the weekend again goes crazy about uh, guns. That's what his problem is. He says some the weird first stuff. first
8: major gun safety legislation in nearly 30 years. <clears throat> yeah, cough it out. And I'll say what I said then. I'll say it over and over again. That's unfortunate going to get assault weapons banned. I did it once. I'm going to do it again. Oh. There's no social redeeming value. Deer aren't wearing Kevlar vests out there. What the hell? Uh, you sure they are. Assault? No, I'm serious. And ban the number of bullets and going a magazine. Oh, really? No, no need for any of that. I love my right wing friends. who talk about the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. If you need to work about taking on the federal government, you need some F-15s. You don't need federal AR-15. I'm serious. (laughs) Think about it. Think about the rationale for this. It's about money.
2: Oh, money. Money, money. Now, Joe, it's actually about the right to self-defense. It's about the right to bear arms. And we've got some states out there that are putting some crazy laws in place. And then you guys probably heard about the shooting in California, Monterey Park. Oh my God, California has some of the strictest laws, and Chicago has some of the highest violence in the country and the strictest laws. This is just not, none makes sense. But the deer, the deer, they don't have Kevlar vests. Larry Correa on the Matt Buff Show, author of The Defense of the Second Amendment, got it right here. Best-selling author, famous for the Monster Hunter series and a popular blogger. Larry. Great to have you on the Matt Buff Show.
9: Hey, thanks for having me on, Matt. And and he's serious. Those deer don't wear Kevlar. He's serious this time.
2: It's like he had to convince people that deer don't wear Kevlar.
9: (laughs) He says the same dumb jokes. And the sad thing is, every time he tells it, it's probably the first time for Joe Biden.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. I've never said this before. He, (laughs) He even reads. He reads from a teleprompter that I've said this before. (laughs)
9: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so like, uh, the, the part that got me about that is that little screed about how he's going to bomb us with F-15s. Um, he said that at a Martin Luther King event, a guy, if you remember the history, who got his Second Amendment rights denied by the government uh, because because he was too troubling, and uh, a, a guy who fought for you know peaceful conflict resolution. And so he goes to his memorial service and talks about gun control, the victim of gun control, and then uh, wants to bomb us with F-15s. It's the, the guy is nuts. Joe Biden is, ah, man, that guy drives me insane.
2: Oh, he drives me crazy, too. It's just the ramblings of an old demented man, and he's, the little Marxists are controlling everything. They're the ones who want the guns. But it's funny, because you mentioned that it is at a Martin Luther King event, and we did spare our audience from playing him singing happy birthday to somebody his name's forgot. But, yeah, the, these ramblings are an MLK event where MLK just had a different worldview than, let's say, a Joe Biden does. It's just ridiculous.
9: Yeah. And it's interesting. I used to be a military contractor, and one of the things I did, I worked for the Air Force ma- maintain, uh, on a contract maintaining fighter jets, F-16s. And uh, they talk about how they want to use these uh, you know, high-tech weapon systems against Americans. And I wrote about this in the book. I have a chapter about this. Logistically, they don't realize that what separates those high-tech weapon systems from the Americans they want to bomb with them is literally a chain-link fence. And the guys that keep the wings from falling off are guys like us.
2: Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's right. I want everybody to check out the book. There it is. I'm holding it up right now in defense of the Second Amendment. Page-turner, guys. It's a page-turner link in the description and, and let's, let's start with uh, – let's just break down that speech a little more because he wants to take the bullets. He wants to take away something called assault rifles, which he doesn't know that AR and AR-15 does not stand for assault rifle. He doesn't know that.
9: No, for those guys, it's a catch-all nonsense term, and I go into this in the book a lot. Um, if they want to ban assault rifles, first define assault rifle, and when they define it, it basically comes down to anything that's scary looking or it's something like um, – Basically, it comes down to magazine fed semi-automatics, which is most guns. That's most of the guns we use for self-defense. And so if they want to ban this, they they want to ban self-defense. That's it, it, what, it,
2: Yeah, no, that's exactly what they want to do. They want to ban uh self-defense, the right for you to and they they even want to take away the bullets. He said he wants to get rid of the magazine. So you can have a water pistol. That's about it to defend yourself. And he's talking to a mostly black crowd here who you know, there's a lot of crime in these areas where they try to ban this stuff, and a lot of these people, I don't care what color you are, want to defend themselves somehow. Every day Absolutely. we could tell we could tell stories. There was a grandmother who fought off uh just just this weekend who fought off at would-be attackers because she had a firearm. These stories are every day.
9: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I... I go into it because they always talk about how America has a gun crime problem, and it doesn't. America is actually a pretty dang peaceful place that has a handful of zip codes that have an insane violent crime problem. And if you look at them, they're all blue cities. They're all run by Democrat mayors for 40, 80 years. Um, They're all these places. They do all this social experimentation stuff. Super strict gun control. Always with the super strict gun control. And uh, like I break down Chicago, I take a look, at even Chicago, they say, well, Chicago's murder rate's not that high. It's because the population's really high. But if you look at the city of Chicago, the suburbs are peaceful. But you got a handful of, once again, handful of neighborhoods. You can narrow it down to a handful of neighborhoods. And that's got a crime rate that's worse than Juarez or Afghanistan. It's it's madness. And they want to shove this. They want to they take those people in disarmament. So it's the people who suffer the most by gun control are the people they keep trying to sell it to. It's just this weird recursive cycle that cause these problems. Crime goes up. Uh, and, you know, 2020 reversed uh, 30 years of uh, downturn in violent crime. It took us all the way back to 1993. People don't realize violent crime has been going down our whole lives. Um, we've been on this wonderful downslope. But if you believe the news, you think it's the worst thing ever. You think mass shootings happen every single day. That's right. crap. It doesn't. But uh, 2020, our year of, uh, you know, let's not enforce the law and let's, you know, do our Mad Max style peaceful protests. uh, We reversed 30 years and all of a sudden crime rates shot through the roof. The best thing that came out of this, though, is a lot of people who realized for the first time in their lives, like, wow, I'm on my own. Uh, We had people in the cities, you know, they would call 911 and the police were like, we can't come. You're on your own. Good luck. Uh, You can ask every gun dealer in America. They were selling guns like crazy and it was mostly to new people. As us experienced guys, we're not paying scalpers prices or, staying in, or standing in line. We got ours already. You know, we don't buy when there's a panic. So it's new people. So there's a lot of um, demographic shift in the Second Amendment over the last couple of years. It's been really, that's one bright side of this.
2: That is the one bright side. And especially when states like Illinois, you mentioned Chicago, they became the ninth state in the U.S. to ban the sale and possession of semi-automatic reference uh, weapons. This is the ninth state to do it. And uh, Governor Pritzker Pritzker claimed that it's his goal to take down gun rights in order to protect the state of Illinois. I mean, they admit it. I'm I'm infringing on your rights, but it's for your own good. I'm the government and I'm here to help.
9: Yeah. And that was just a ridiculous (laughs) law. And it flies directly in the face of a couple of recent Supreme Court decisions. Um, And the, the one bright side on that one is I last I saw something like 90 of Illinois, 100 in like 10. I think they have counties. Uh, so like nine out of ten of the sheriffs uh in illinois say they aren't going to enforce it they say it's unconstitutional they're not going to touch it that said people are still going to get screwed because you know state police will still enforce it um it's it's a bad law it's already going to court uh lawsuits are being filed like crazy against it it uh it goes pretty directly against bruin uh the recent bruin versus new york uh state rifle and pistol association supreme court decision so we'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I, I man, my heart goes out to the people in Illinois. I was on a radio show a couple of days ago with a uh, 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 Chicago radio host, and he referred to his governor as president. Or I'm sorry, Governor Butterhams.
2: <laughs> really?
9: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't refer to the governor by his real name. <laughs> so every, That's great. The whole show, he just kept making up names for the guy. Who look? I mean, the, dude, the governor looks like an extra from The Sopranos. He's it's just a, the good is just a crook. And it's so sleazy that they cram this through and just screw it over the good people, of Illinois. It's just awful.
2: Yeah, you cover this in the book. They always they always call it a weapon of war. They, they always blame the gun like the gun wakes up in the morning and says, you know, what? let's go kill somebody. That sounds like a great idea. So they always, uh, they always want to go after that, and then they want to impose these red flag laws and everything. And you talk about a lot about this in the book, and it's just, it's just really misguided. I mean, when it comes to abortion and the Second Amendment, they couldn't be farther from reality.
9: <laughs> yeah, argue with these people, and I go through all the, the the different like tacks they take and the different methods. My goal here is to arm people. Who are already on our side with good arguments and facts and then i wanted to kind of convince the fence sitters you know and try to move the needle that's my goal here um and my background is as a novelist i mean i'm a professional storyteller so i'm good at writing <laughs> you know right. that's what i do but so this one like it's interesting though because they they uh the people we're arguing with they're they kind of fall into two classes we got the people who mean well but they're ignorant. And when I say ignorant, I don't even mean as an insult. They've just been lied to for so long and the narrative is so powerful that they believe all this crap. They believe the Joe Biden stuff, the CNN stuff. Then you've got the people who do know better. They know the truth and they know their gun control doesn't work. They know gun control makes the problem worse. They know it makes us more unsafe. They know it causes more shootings. They don't care. For them, it's just a power grab. And that first group is useful idiots and they will go out there with their emotional arguments and they'll try to sway people and they'll try to get the votes. Uh, I have a section in there where I I go through various crimes and how the media reacts to them. The media actually causes crime. The media causes mass murder, it promotes them. It's taken guys that wanna be famous and it's given them what they want. Like I I never name these guys. So like I do these interviews, I write these books. I don't never name the bad guys. I'll refer to them by, you know, the location and the date. That's it. They, they don't get any credit. Their manifestos don't get any credit. But the news, man, you blow up enough people, shoot enough people, they'll put you on the cover of Rolling Stone and talk about you for three weeks straight. Every other psycho in the country sees that and says, I want to be like that. It, it's just, it, it's gross, man. It's it's awful.
2: That's a great point. We saw that all weekend with that California shooting. And first of all, if it's a white guy, he's the, they put him on
9: fast.
2: Yep. This was an Asian individual, so they didn't uh, put him on so fast.
9: Yeah, I actually used a bunch of examples from the book of How how blatant that is and how fast stuff will fall out of the news cycle if it doesn't fit the narrative. And you can usually – I try not to comment on shootings in the first 72 hours because we just don't know. We don't have enough facts, right? But you can usually tell if the shooter is someone who fits the narrative because they'll say his name and his picture in, like, the first 10 minutes after they get the body. Yeah. But But if it's somebody who doesn't, they won't announce it for a couple of days, and watch—it'll just drop out of the news cycle. It's—it's so—it's—it's it's so flagrant. I refer to them as vultures. The media I, I, in the book—that's—that's that's the truth because they're—they're perched, waiting for tragedy, and then they swoop in every single time. It's—I've been doing this for thirty years, and uh, the pattern has not changed. It's just gotten more blatant.
2: And a lot of them look like vultures too. They act like vultures. They look the part. It's, it's a part in the book where you talk about gun-free zones. If you take, it, if you take a look at the mass shootings where they use as political tools, um, like the high school shooting or the Uvalde shooting in Texas or this one in California, if you look at all these, these are in gun-free zones. These, these things are always in gun-free zones. And they use it as a prop for political. But you need to go back to the root of the problem. Apparently, your gun-free zone didn't work.
9: <laughs> you know, they it it's fascinating to me. Like I, I run the numbers on this uh, and the stats overwhelming. We're talking 90 plus percent. And depending on how you define some of these terms, like the left likes to like define the terms so that like murder suicides that happen in somebody's house, they'll they'll include that as not a gun free zone. That way there's a, a killing. You know, it's ridiculous. But I run the numbers on this. Overwhelmingly, these guys, the, the coherent ones, target gun free zones because they know it's all about time. The more time they got to work, the more people they can kill, the more famous they get, the more the media will reward, reward them. So it's this kind of like awful pattern. Um, that's why they like schools, because most states there's no guns in schools. My state, Utah, we we have armed teachers, we have armed staff in school. Most uh, states don't have that, and uh, so that's one of the places they attack. Uh, we had a shooting here. I use as example. Oh, we had a mall a shooting at a mall and it has a big giant sign on the front door. says no guns allowed. Where did our one mass shooting happen at the mall that had no guns allowed posted? Uh, These things are all about time. And what stops violent uh, violence like this is a violent response. And the longer they have to work, the higher the body count, the shorter the time they have to work, the less. And so if you have armed people on scene can start to return and fire it screws up their plans. A lot of times these guys wind up killing themselves once their fantasy bubble gets burst or the good guy kills them or they retreat and they're not killing people because they're occupied. Or you can wait 5, 10, 20 minutes, an hour and a half for the cops to come in and they're going to just keep killing people. And it's, it comes down to that. We've seen this and not just here. I go in around the world. Uh, it's the same pattern every single place on Earth. Uh, it doesn't matter what the shooter's motivation is. It's all about how long it takes for someone to violently intervene and stop them, period.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's what we said at the beginning of the segment, too, because every day we could tell that story. We could tell that story every day about how somebody used violence to stop a violent criminal. They target schools. They target shopping malls. They target all these places because, like you said, they have more time. The body count goes up. They get on the news. Absolutely the truth. And I want to go back to the teachers because you talk about this in the book as well. This will be the last word to you. Arming teachers, I think, if they go through the right protocols, the right programs, and, and if, the, if it's their choice, I think if it's their choice, you'll never know which teachers actually are because you keep it on the down low. You know, they go through the training and then every weekend they have X amount of hours to go through. I think that would be a great thing because we know just the cop car alone sometimes in front of a school is a deterrent to a lot of crazies. Imagine if you had the cop car, the cop himself, and also maybe one of these teachers is armed and you don't know it. That's a good way to security. I hate when they say they don't want to harden schools, Larry. That's what they call it. We don't want to harden schools. We want to protect our kids at all costs because sometimes that's all we have is that one moment.
9: Yep. It's interesting to me because they talk about hardening schools, but, you know, they don't, they don't actually mean it. And they don't get into the nitty gritty what that actually means. Now, when I say armed teachers, entirely voluntary, <coughs> excuse me, entirely voluntary process. Like in my state, which we've had this for a very long time, it's just if you have a concealed weapons permit, you're allowed to carry your gun to work. That's it. If uh, our schools aren't gun-free zones and if a teacher has a concealed open permit, it doesn't have to be a teacher. It could be a janitor, it could be a bus driver, it could be the principal, it doesn't matter. It could be parents that are dropping their kids off. Um, this all creates uncertainty for bad people and all the horrible stuff that the anti-gun people predict never happens. We haven't had any of that craziness happen here. But what it is, is um, it's just another layer of defense. So don't make it mandatory, make it voluntary. And if you do that, I guarantee that every single school in America has at least one or two people working there who are worth a dang and who have some training and have some experience and have some knowledge and have that proper mindset um and all you really need to do in your rules is say look the gun stays hidden on your person, and secured at all times and if it comes out it better be for a life or death situation or we fire you that's it there you go if the gun is exposed for any other reason that, that's all that's all you need to change um But we've done it here for a long time i taught hundreds and hundreds of teachers because i did this i taught teachers for free i used to have um i one time had a principal and a couple teachers and a janitor uh, slash bus driver come to the class because they had had an incident where they had a a kid get violent and he was armed uh and their school resource officer wasn't there they had a cop assigned to the school and he just wasn't he wasn't there and so he was awol and these. These teachers handled it. No one got hurt. No shot. Nothing happened. Teachers handled it. But the principal freaked out because he's like, oh, my gosh, man, we were on our own. We were alone. It was up to us. And so he kind of had this like revelation moment. So he went out to all his teachers. He said, "Okay, who here has who here wants to carry a gun? Who here has this experience? And in fact, the janitor was a recently returned young guy. He was an Iraq war vet with quite a bit of training and experience. Why wouldn't you want that guy armed? And so they came to my class. I taught them, and they went back. And the rest of the school never even knew. It wasn't like the kids knew. It wasn't like the other teachers knew. It's just hidden under your. It's hidden under your clothes. It's on your person in case of emergency. So when this bad stuff happens, you're a speed bump. Uh, you're you're just you're protecting your kids. So I'm a huge proponent of allowing guns in school.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's the way it's got to be. And and gun free zones unconstitutional. The sign should say, "We are armed. Enter at your own risk." That's what it should be. And that would... I mean, you got to... If you want to deter this stuff, you don't disarm people that have nothing to do with the shooting. I mean, this is just the most common sense thing. Larry Correa, thank you so much for joining us on the map Buff Show. Everybody check out the book In Defense of the Second Amendment, linked right there in the description. We'll definitely get you back at the next uh, uh, craziness of wokeness discussion.
9: (laughs) All right. It it just keeps going.
2: (laughs) It certainly does. Absolutely. You know, if they didn't have the house they'd be still trying to get all of your guns so it just every day the dam's about to break we'll be back on the map off show you stay with us
0: attention timeshare owners this is an urgent consumer alert from the timeshare exit hotline a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts we're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Call the number on your screen today. It's a free call.
7: Liam Fitzpatrick's restaurant and Irish pub in Lake Mary. Happy hours every day of the week and all day Sunday. $1 off drafts and house wines, $2 off Well Liquors, and Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Mondays, it's trivia night. Tomorrow, $7.99 Burger and Fries. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings, luncheons, and parties. Mention the buff show and and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's restaurant and Irish pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water
5: problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number.
7: Call 877-663-7154. That's 877-663-7154. Again, 877-663-7154.
2: Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. It's great to have you rolling along with us. Submit your voice memos, the little app on your phone, the voice memo app. Submit a small voice memo and we'll play your voice on the show, get your take as well. So once again, check out thebuffshow.com, past interviews, shows, and more. And a lot of talk about merit last week. A lot of schools across the country are going, you know what? We're not going to recognize merit-based students. It makes the dumb kids feel bad. So we're not going to have merit-based studies. In fact, we're just going to target anybody who's smarter than the rest of the population. Well, unfortunately, that's been a lot of Asian Americans, and nobody better to talk about that than Kenny Shu, author of the book, Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy, President of Color Us United. Kenny, part
3: two book needs to be coming soon. Absolutely, and I'm excited to talk about all these things and more with you. Well, it's just a
2: good timing to have you on the show because we see a lot of this happening. You, last time you were on the show a while back, we were talking about the targeting of Asian students in the uh, universities um, just for being smart and having good grades. And they think it's unfair to the kids that just can't compete.
3: Right, exactly. And now it's happening again. Well, it's been happening. Let's be honest. It's just made the news again. Thomas Jefferson the, school, the number one high school for math and science, well, it was, uh, changed their admissions policies again to uh, cut the number of Asians in their school. The reason why was because the school was becoming too Asian, according to them. Uh, it was becoming 70% Asian. Of course, these are the elite math students in the nation, so they weren't chosen because they were Asian. They were chosen because they were the best math students, and they just happened to be Asian. Um, but in our diversity, equity, and inclusion-obsessed world, too many Asians is racist. So now the new thing that they're doing, because they admitted, started admitting less qualified minorities of other races, and by the way, some whites too, there were some white liberals that were pretty mad about the Asian population at Thomas Jefferson. Um, Of course, they're of lower quality, so the school decided to make them feel better By eliminating merit awards in the class. So they fail to let know the high performing Asian students that they received a merit based award at their school. And that's what's making the news today. When the cancel left, when the cancel culture of the left just gets
2: runs out of stuff to cancel. They just find more ridiculous things like uh, Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin and Asian students in America. They always talk, They sometimes they talk about uh, violence on Asians uh, because of the COVID, because of the China virus. And they're, they're like, don't say China virus because it's offensive to Asians. But, you know, behind the scenes, let's make sure we take away the merits because, I don't know, that helps them get a better future and a better life with that, uh, with that award and with that recognition. It helps them get better college experiences, too. But, you know, let's take that away and make sure just to not hurt feelings. Let's hurt futures, not feelings.
3: Right, yeah. Let's, uh, let's take away the, the just desserts of people who've worked hard and studied for these opportunities and give them to people who did less of that. Ah, uh, because we want diversity, equity, and inclusion. Look, I recently tweeted from my Twitter at Kenny M Shu XU. You should follow me, Kenny M I recently tweeted, "How did people always ask me? How did the woke infiltrate American education system?" And here's the answer: They used the word diversity. America, if you remember, in the early two thousands and two thousand tens, everybody loved diversity. You know, we elected a black president, all of that kinds of things. And they said, for diversity, you should, uh, you know, bring me in. For diversity, you know, I'll be the first black person here. I'll be the first woman, everything like that. That was the, that was the mantra. And what they were really meaning, and now what, what we have discovered, is that because we admitted a lot of these people for diversity, we actually admitted lower quality talent. And... That not just lower quality talent, talent, but t- talent that was wedded to the diversity ideology, meaning that they knew that they wouldn't get in if it wasn't for diversity. So their are their only out to continue their lucrative careers is to continue preaching a narrative of racism in America. And this is how we've gotten to how the woke have taken over our schools. It gets worse and worse, too. Um, you
2: put a black president in there, that's not good enough. We need to go one step further. We put right. a bunch of black people in commercials, about 87% of them, that's not good enough. We need $5 million in reparations. We get right. $5 million in reparations, that's not good enough. We it just It's never going to be good enough because... Human nature, Kenny, is just to, and and the American principle is to excel just if you can, no matter who you are, based on no racial background, but just based on your ability to succeed. I mean, that's what it's about. But if you give handouts and you give entitlements like they're doing in the schools you talk about, they take it away from students with merit and give it to somebody who doesn't try as hard. It's wasted, but it's never going to be enough. It's never good enough.
3: And I'm not opposed to giving black people prominent positions by any means. I just don't want there to be a significant fall off in merit-based achievement. Here's what I mean. So at Thomas Jefferson high school, uh, they were, and this was even before they changed their entire admissions policy to become so anti-Asian. There were the, the percentage of black kids, not who entered the finalist round of the application process, but the semifinalist round of the application process which is basically like the first step on the ladder you can't even get to the finalist round without going through the semifinalist round the percentage of the black kids who were even the percentage of the kids who got into the semifinalist round who were black was 3%. so it's 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 not a racism issue it is a talent pipeline issue what's going on with the middle schools training these kids, what's going on with the family culture, what's going on with the study habits. That's what we have to focus on, creating that, because I am determined to help all Americans succeed. But in order to succeed, you have to put your own weight into it. I'm sorry, there's no excuse.
2: Well, it, it becomes race a race issue. And they, the Democrats especially, they need race issues to be alive and well to even get voters to come out. But it becomes a race race issue when you put somebody in there just because of their race. Or you have them check off a box to get that position. We look at Jean uh, uh, Pierre, uh, the White House uh, propaganda minister, the secret, uh, the press secretary. She can't formulate any kind of thoughts, and she's only there for one reason. And. The host of the recent awards show said, "I'm only here because I'm black," and it was one of the worst hosts we've ever seen. They yeah. have to make it a race issue, and then we're all the pun- We are all punished by it because we see just mediocre performances, not because yeah. it's the best person. It's because the best person of color. No, it's not even that. Just a person of color.
3: Well, I feel sorry because I feel sorry for so many of these talented people because they're starting to get wise to the act. They're starting to get wise to the fact that people were admitting them. And have been admitting people in the name of diversity and sacrificing talent for a very long time. And it's a very patronizing system of admissions and uh, and hiring and promotion. When you finally are aware of this reality, and I think a lot of Black Americans are, they realize they're being treated like a token. They basically realize they're not actually valued within the company or valued in the organization based on their merit. A lot of people would have preferred not to have been admitted because of their race and preferred to have gone to maybe a lower tier place but where they could develop their talent that actually cared about them that truly wanted them to succeed instead of people who wanted them because they were tokens and i think that that's the reaction that you're seeing among these comedians and actors um, that that are that are doing this of course there are still some like katanji brown jackson like kareen john pierre who still who still go obediently and readily into this sunset because they have prestigious careers that depend on it.
2: Talk about those percentages again. Um you mentioned Thomas Jefferson High School, but it's you can't force somebody and you see that in the people that apply for these merit-based awards. It's not it's not something everyone wants. They don't want if they're forced into it they're going to fail and it's going to be worse for them. But a lot of people just don't want it. And it's handed to them anyway, and you see that in the results of bad test scores and things like that. Sometimes they just don't want it.
3: Yeah, look, there is a statistic. This this is out in my book, an inconvenient minority. Which, by the way, I'm spitting hard truths about all of this stuff, so you got to read it. But in my book, an inconvenient minority. So the con. If I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with the Khan Academy, um, it's like this. Uh, It's like this testing program that gives access to a lot of kids to practice tests for the SAT and those kinds of things. They did a free uh, trial that was made available by the College Board to like a million students. And, you know, 25 percent of these students were black. And what they found out um, was that the only people who actually spent at least 20 hours on this program were mostly Asians, (laughs) We're mostly Asians. Um, white people did not spend a lot of time. Neither did black people. Um, and so uh, the, the opportunities exist, guys, but some people are just are just not taking advantage of it.
2: Yeah, it's out there. Um, you can even donate and there, there's free courses and free practices and everything like that. But you can't force somebody to take advantage of it. What do you say to all of the community when you see the fake racism toward Asians being promoted out there compared to the real ones? I mean, what are you trying to do with Color Us United? Because it doesn't seem like the left gets it.
3: I'm trying to do two things and basically what you said. One, um, uh, debunk fake racism. And two, stand against real racism. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> uh and I'll tell you the real racism is uh the Harvard admissions policies that are actually race-based. They actually say it. We use race-based admissions. That's racist.
2: That's a racist I mean, thing. To
3: do. They literally say it. Harvard says it. Yeah, we defend affirmative action. We defend race-based admissions, uh, but we don't discriminate against Asians. Uh, how's that for logic? Sounds like you went to Harvard, right? Um, and, uh, but no, a lot, there's a lot of this fake racism going on. One of some of the fake racism, racist narratives is this China virus thing. Some people, the, I think the Democrats were saying that, uh, Trump calling the COVID, the China virus is what prompted these anti-Asian attacks. Okay. Well now we can say, what about Biden being in office? Did that cause the uh, massacre that happened yesterday? Um, that an Asian man came and gunned down 10 people. I sure hope not. Uh, Because if that is it, then the blood's on Biden, but it's not, you know, just like it's not on Trump either. Um, But the fake racism that exists is a huge narrative that we have to push through. You know, because that shooter was Asian in California, you know that that story dies quickly because of that. Definitely, if the shooter was white, you can bet there's going to be a lot of coverage on that. It's going to start uh, an entire month all over again. And, and have people donate to fake causes tackling fake racism.
2: Yeah, that's what it's all about. The book is An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American
3: Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. Where can they get the book, Kenny? Uh, you can get it on the Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indie Bound. Look, get it on IndieBound. That's where you can best support the author, honestly. Um, and then follow my organization at colorrestunited.org and my Twitter at KennyMXUSHU. Very good. Kenny Shoe,
2: thank you so much for joining us on the show. The war on fake racism continues.
0: Thanks. <laughs> God bless All you. Right.
2: All right. It just is crazy how fake racism, if you tell the truth, if you talk about the real issues and the real test scores and everything like that, they call you a racist. It's fake racism. We'll see you next time on the Map Out Show. You stay smart out there.